This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. He's he's look he's coming around. I'm gonna prove it right now. There he is. Right here. He's here. He's just sitting over there, and he will chime in strategically when we really need him most. Um, Tyler, programming note for our producer: I have the audio off, so nothing just starts yelling on the screen right now. So if you have to say something, you have to walk in this room and yell at me, which could be great. Great radio. These makeshift studio episodes are for the the real loyal fans. Yeah, we're we're testing your loyalty every every single one of these episodes. I'm joined today. Look at my camera work here. I just rotate the laptop in there. JD was in. Now he's out. And I hear Spay. Spay is our uh, senior analyst of conference realignment. Uh, and uh, there's a lot of that going on. So it's very good that we have one of those. Yeah. Glad, glad I could finally bring my expertise here uh, to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Because those first couple of years, it's like, why do we have one of these? <laughs> what am I doing? It's sitting like, around here just reading up on conference It's like, all this guy's doing is maps. <laughs> all right. Well, it'll pay off. And it's paying off now. Um, but before we get into all the conference realignment, which is has uh, landscape shifting impacts on college sports, but also to a, to a lesser degree, but a degree still in the sport of wrestling. We'll get to that. But first, the conclusion of Cadet World Championships, uh, a fine showing for Team USA on the men's freestyle side and women's as well. Um, where do we start there? I mean, uh, really strong performance. We had two champs with... Ladarian Lockett, D. Lockett, as he is known, and uh, Marcus Blaze, in- incredible performances by both, and and really they they were standouts. And of course, Paul Kenny won uh, as well, forty eight. Don't want to forget that. Um, but what stood out for you is is Team USA had a strong performance. We were second behind Iran. Um, who who were the the standouts for you, Spay? Uh, Lockett, like first and foremost, you taking on Iran. Uh, that match was great. It was Iran always shows up conditioned. They're almost like mm-hmm. a weird mirror image of the U.S. team. Like they will push the pace. They're going to last the whole match. They yeah. work a ton of underhooks. And he weathered the storm and he countered and was just in. Uh, it kind of outclassed the Iranian, who was a real tough wrestler, obviously, make the finals. Um, so uh, that was a huge one for Lockett. Um, Oklahoma State crowd was was going nuts for her, which is good, cool to see. And um, yeah, that was that was good for the U.S. Well, it's interesting because he's you know he's still water kid, been affiliated with the program, but the question is, is he going to go to Oklahoma State, right? Because yeah. uh, his star is is certainly it's it's been high and it only continues to be on the rise after this performance. And man, technically, he's just a really really impressive. Uh, his reattacks are are really strong. All his stuff. To the left, and um, yeah, he's 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 impressive. And Marcus Blaze, his drag to single leg, his lateral motion, similar to Lockett's, is is really really impressive as well. And two guys that are got to be just like highly touted recruits for for sure. Yeah, that's a that's the cool thing about U17s, right? It's the future. It's all right there. And then you want to know 
you know, there's the domestic competition, but now how do they do internationally? And, you know, that tournament uh, this year, it had Russians and Belarus, uh, the Belarusians were in as well. So this was full tournament. Everybody sent a full squad and Japan had a really good showing. India had a really good showing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, and then U.S. Uh, second place. That's uh, that's very commendable. And uh, these guys got still room to grow. So it's great. It's great to see. Uh, Russia and Belarus were also there. AIN, though, uh, individual neutral athletes, they technically did score more points in the U.S. if you tied up their points, but they technically didn't. They technically did. And that was, was that as uh, Russia and Belarus combined, or if you separated them and like, okay, this guy's actually. Most of them were just Russians because Belarus doesn't send that many people to. I thought there was like, uh, I thought it was almost the full team from Belarus. Was it? Yeah. So, well, either way, like, yeah, you could count them, but guess what? There's no team scores because uh, they're not, they don't have a federation. So fix, fix your problems there, which are uh, a much bigger issue, but yeah, then we can count your points. Uh, just a note. I, if you're on the YouTube chat, I started a poll and I asked who is strongest JD or Spay. And right mm-hmm. now it's JD out to an early lead. So 71% of the votes. So if you feel like Spay is the strongest, then you you need to let your voice be heard. But right now, the wrong arm. it's JD's day. Look at that. I will okay. say, Spade probably has me beat on haunch power. Oh, squat, deadlift. Yeah, you're so yeah. screwed. If I get if I pivot the right way and have all that the power behind me, yeah, the haunches are where I derive most of my power. If there was like a pull up contest, uh, different I different story. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. There's no way to know for sure. It's the unfortunate thing. No, pull up bar got taken down. So I know. Bummer. Okay. So, all right, let's just get into this. College wrestling landscape shifted. Spay, I'm just, I just want to give you the floor for a moment. And then I'll ask my questions after the fact. Cause I have a lot. Sure. I'm sure many of the listeners have a lot, but what is happening with conference realignment? What does it mean? You could speak sort of broadly, globally, what, what it all means. Cause that might help. It make a little more sense for the college wrestling fans, but then yeah, really hammer in there on, on the college impact. So the the one question there is a good place to start that uh, is in the notes there. Why is this happening? And that's like a super big question. But the real uh, reason is, uh, you know, every university kind of has a choice to where where to make trade offs as with their student athletes. Yeah, and it's uh, a contentious debate, but it is pursue a national championship of football, which requires a crazy amount of money because you're chasing Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan, Clemson, Georgia, yeah. the massive, massive programs that are like they got the ball rolling. Yeah. Um, or you can de-emphasize sports. And, you know, the Ivy Leagues did this a long time ago. A lot of D3 schools pulled back. Uh, it's kind of like an ongoing thing. And mm-hmm. most teams have already made up their mind now. Now it's like, okay, once the teams that are all in, all the D1 football teams and you you know you can still obviously have athletics and not be in the mix for a d1 national championship um kind of how do you maximize your ability to win on the field and one of those huge components is money from media contracts big tv contracts and that's this huge you know side story side game that's going on is the big 10 just recently did a huge deal um the the reason the big 12 or the pac 12 had all these issues is because they were kind of outmaneuvered by the big 12 commissioner who signed a deal for the well first so i guess the the current set of dominoes now so after you kind of get it in you know you you look at the broad you pull back all the way and you go okay these teams are all trying to win on the field yeah to do that they need lots of money and media contract stuff or money from the media uh companies um and so 
how do they do that? They form conferences and then they sell those rights. Um, and the Pac-12 and or the Texas and Oklahoma left the Big 12 and they were founding members of the Southwest conference that merged. And you can, the whole conference thing has been going on for, for decades and decades. So this is all the Longhorn network and Texas is full. Correct. Yes. That's a, that's a whole other <laughs> tangent. If you want to go to the original, what caused the current thing now, you can trace it back to like, that's the Franz Ferdinand of world war one. This is the Longhorn network showing up really started to unravel a lot of old alliances, traditions and stuff like that. And I, I know we it's all our fault because we now live in Austin. We all got yeah. that Franz Ferdinand reference, right? We're all aware. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah, of course. Yeah, the Archduke of the Austro-Hungarian Empire. So right, we all know that. Yeah, so we all know that. So the Longhorn Network, whoever's the commissioner at the time, I don't remember. That's the Gavrilo Princip, right? We all mm-hmm. get that. Okay. Um. So. Uh, um. So what 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 really precipitated like the most recent round of stuff was Big Twelve lost Oklahoma and Texas, so it was almost like a death blow. Everybody was saying like, okay, does the Big Twelve survive? What are they going to do? Well, they went out and got four new teams immediately, and I don't know if I remember them off the top of my head, but it was like Central Florida, Cincinnati. They got them from like Conference USA. I'll look that up. That was not after Texas and Oklahoma, or then there was four others. Recent, okay, what last year? Whatever the most recent one was. This is yeah. I, That's when we got like West Virginia. No, well, no, no. West Virginia has no, no, been no. the Big Twelve for a long time. I'm saying who are the four most recent ones that they yeah. got? Yeah, after after Texas and Oklahoma left, the teams they added is what he's talking about. Yeah, which I think is Central Florida, Cincinnati, uh, Houston, Houston. Ah, uh, yes. Um. Anyway, Utah. Um, oh, we knew that they were. You, that's the, recent. That, those are the four. Those are the four ones they got after. Let's they get did to their, those. Yeah, let's so get to those. Then they did uh, a deal, and they basically jumped the line. It was like Pac-12 was getting ready to sign their new deal, and then the Big 12 was like, no, not only resigning a new deal, uh, like kind of when the market for uh, media rights is really good, is still in good shape, but we're going to add a clause, and this was the real killer thing, that if the Big 12 added any other Power 5 conferences, they would get an equal share of what they've already negotiated. So oh, the Big 10 just added two new teams, Oregon and Washington, but they're coming in at a lower uh, media uh, revenue share because it's like they don't really have any options. Mm-hmm. So the Big Ten is just bring them in whenever they are. Um, yeah, what did they join? 2023. Houston, Cincinnati, Central Florida, and BYU. Okay, BYU. Those were the four teams that they added. That at, was like their immediate like move. Yeah, like, okay, they didn't wait around. They didn't go, okay, we lost Texas and Oklahoma. We're not just going to sit here. They went and got four new teams, signed a new deal, and now they had this option. So now the, the Pac-12 is like, okay, uh, now it's our turn to go get the same amount of money. We're roughly equal to the Big 12. And, you know, that's super debatable. But super in, debatable. in their mind at the time, that's what they wanted. They were like, OK, now give us the Big 12 money. But all the big TV stations or, the you know, Fox, uh, NBC, CBS, ABC slash ESPN already kind of had their college football schedule programming already done now. They're like, Big 12 gives us enough inventory. We don't need to go pay the same amount of money. For the Pac-12, we'll give you a smaller amount for the 10.30 p.m., like the late night window because you're on the West Coast. Right. And like the only other deal they had was with like Apple TV. And I'm sure there's other Ouch. stuff out there that I don't, you know, not nobody was really privy to. But that was the kind of word is like the schools were like, we don't want to put everything on Apple mm-hmm. TV. We want to be on primetime. We want to be on the big networks. So now they have a no good, uh, a, a, a subpar media deal. And the Pac-12 or the Big 12 is sitting there with, 
all the money waiting to just say, hey, you can just come over here. And everyone gets the same. And you'll get immediately you'll get the 32 million a year or whatever, as opposed to like the 25 million they were going to get from Apple. I think kind of the rough numbers. And yeah, correct me if I'm wrong there. Um, So what happened? So the first defector really was Colorado. And you can say, okay, well, they left the Big 12 a while ago to go to the Pac-12. So that's not really breaking up any tradition. But once that first domino falls, now the administrators are doing the game of, um, you know, the people in charge of the universities and the athletic program. Do you want to be the last? Do you want to be in the Pac-12 if everybody else is finding new places and it's like musical chairs? Yeah. And now you don't have a seat. And unfortunately, that's basically what happened. And uh, kind of the Big Ten and the Big 12 are both like, hey, we got room for more. And it was really when the Big Ten came in and and you can point fingers and lay blame wherever you want. But so uh, I think Arizona was maybe and Utah were first interested and Arizona State was kind of not into going and both Arizona schools needed to go at the same time. But while they're doing all the negotiation for those three schools, we did end up in the, in the Big 12. Mm-hmm. While all that was going on, the Big Ten was like, we're going to throw a lifeline to Oregon and Washington because those two conferences have a long time ties with the Rose Bowl. And uh, they thought, OK, well, we, they, they would be good fits institutionally for the Big Ten. Let's just throw it out there that we kind of have room for you for at least those two as well. And then that probably put the idea that, OK, we better do this deal now with the Big 12. And so that took the four corner schools, as they call them, because of the uh, states that make the four corners. Right. Part. So Colorado's already there. Utah joins BYU. So they kind of locked down that state with the big programs. And then Arizona and Arizona State both went. Um, and so that kind of meant that Washington and Oregon were like, all right, we better do this deal with the Big Ten. They were first. Yeah. So it was all happened. I think, like, being negotiated simultaneously. But, yes, Washington and Oregon were like, all right, we're going to do this since these guys are probably leaving. What is their media deal with the Big Ten? Like, what? They're right. coming what in. makes it enticing? So the Big Ten was like, okay, we're going to get between 80 and 100 million a year, depending on how certain clauses work or whatever. Which Each is- school gets 80 to 100 million a year? Yeah. Just so way Ten. more than Big 12. Yes. Oh, wow. Big 12 is around 31, 32 or something. And okay. I think the SEC might be like 60 or to 80. They're they're close to Big Ten, depending. Like if you make the playoffs, uh, you get more money. Mm-hmm. Uh, all your ticket sales are your own merchandise, stuff like that. And Got then it. there are... There's other stuff, I think. Anyway, like lower tier, but that's getting way to the weeds. We don't even know the answer yeah. there. You live in the weeds, bro. I like the weeds. Some, yeah. Sometimes it's fun to lay down in the weeds. <laughs> uh, and then, um, uh, oh, and then so the Big Ten gets all that. So what they did is they said, this is what happened when Rutgers and Maryland joined as well. We're not going to give you the full amount because you would be getting, if you stayed in the Pac-12 and you signed the best deal that you thought you could get, which they didn't get, or if you joined the Big 12, you'd be getting around 30-something. That's what we'll start you at. And then slowly bring you in, like have escalators so that by the time the end, but the Big Ten ends their next media deal, then they'll be full members. So they're not. OK, got it. So they are not coming in at the normal, like what Penn State and Iowa are getting. Correct. Those members. Yeah. OK. And it's still way better than their previous the deal that was on the table from many other conferences. Yeah. The only way they would have been able to get the same is if they went to the Big 12 if the Big 12 offered, I mean, they have to, you have to get invited and then you have to get the acceptance from everybody that yeah. has stakes in the university. Okay. So those two, so that's Oregon and Washington. They're in the Big 10 now. Yeah. Arizona and Arizona State are in the Big 12. Along uh, with Utah. Along with Utah. So what what is next? What does this mean for, it seems like Stanford and Cal are the next they're big dominoes. So there's four, you know, power, you know, power five traditional programs that are left in there. Oregon State and Washington State, Cal and Stanford. They all are in what's left of the Pac-12. 
you could call it the Pac-4 for now. I, yeah. I it, It's obviously unsustainable as it is because, I mean, for I think any NCAA sport, you need six teams. Okay, so now is, is the Pac-12 just going to ultimately dissolve? That's the big question. So I don't, I don't even think people at those schools know. I don't think they could tell you. I think there's – so the main options are Pac-4 keeps the Pac-12 name or maybe gives it up, but they do some sort of merger and – either add teams or merger, whatever you want to call it, with Mountain West or maybe... So they really West. only have four teams left in the actual, as far as member institutions? Uh, yeah, like a- after this season, going to 24-25, that season, there are only four teams that are will be members of the wow. Pac-12. Because in wrestling, we've got like not Pac-12 teams that are in the Pac-12. Like right. Little Rock, Cal yeah. Baptist, Cal Bakersfield. And Northern Cal Poly. State. And Cal Poly. Right. Oregon, Stanford, and Arizona State were the three uh, primary members mm-hmm. that were in the Pac-12. You lose Arizona State, you're down to two. Ergo, uh, Oregon State and Stanford now. Okay. Holy crap. Yeah. Um, the teams, one, one of the options, which is probably unlikely, is that they could go independent. Um, Stanford is really the only school where it's like they're like an Ivy League in that they don't. So what? Why? Why is everybody pursuing all the athletics to begin with, right? Why do you want to be on TV? What? What? What does that matter when you're a school? You're there to train the next generation of of um, you know, uh, civilians in the yeah. country. Mm-hmm. If you look at their mission statement, well, it attracts undergrads. It attracts applications. So you do well in football. You're on TV. It's like a marketing mm-hmm. um, a marketing department for you. Commercial, yeah, yeah, for your school. And so you do well in football, then your applications go up. Your applications go up. You have a, a stronger student body, and then they go on to become donors. And then the donors and the alumni want you to win too, and then you get more uh, donation money. It's a glorious cycle. So it all hinges on that. But Stanford, the Ivy League, some of the, you know, Chicago University used to be in the Big Ten, and then they kind of went the D3 Ivy route. Um, Stanford probably doesn't need, not, uh, you know, all the schools could could survive and do fine, and they are going to do fine. But Stanford is probably the most example, the, the prime example of a school that's like, if they never win another football game, they're going to be fine. They're going to still crank out Nobel laureates and, yeah. uh, you know, uh, people that win uh, international scholarly prizes and write papers and all that stuff. Okay. So what is your prediction for what happens with, with Stanford? Uh, I think it'll be Cal and Stanford do something together yes. and Oregon state and Washington state do something together. Like they're not going to split up their, those, those two little pods. Yeah. Um, it kind of all depends on, the appetite of the other conferences like ACC is this total other thing where they're going through all this drama where Florida state wants out of the ACC. So where does Florida state want to go? SEC? They haven't said explicitly, but probably yeah. the, the, the thing that I don't get about the Florida state where I think it's kind of just like posturing for, to quiet down their alumni that are mad that everybody's making more money in other conferences and Florida uh, state isn't is their admins have to say like, all right, well, we're looking into getting a better deal, but I don't think the SEC is going to invite them. They have Florida already. They have, they're not adding the Florida state doesn't get them more money from the networks. I mean, it might, but I feel like they would want to add more territory when the sec adds Texas and Oklahoma. That's a huge chunk of the, of the, of the country that they're adding. If you already have Florida, I'm not sure what Florida state and the ACC rights deal is for like 10 plus more years, right? Yeah. 2036. 20, yep. So, so it's a grant of rights too, which is different. Uh, Big Ten and SEC are like you guys can leave whenever you want, so if nobody's doing it. Yeah. The ACC, when uh, whenever it was, it was like five or some years ago uh, that they signed the deal. We're like, we don't want, we want stability. All the schools agreed, so we're going to sign a grant of rights, which 
which is you can do it for anything. It's like a an entertainment clause or something mm-hmm. like musicians and stuff do it. Uh, but you say all the media rights to all of our football games uh, belong to the ACC. You can change conferences. You could you could get an invite to the SEC. You can get an invite to the Big Twelve. You can leave. They're still ours. But no every game that you play, the money that you generate from those games goes to the ACC anyway. Got it. Uh, and the, so they're stuck. They, that Florida State can do nothing but really posture in reality. All they've done is just telegraph to the ACC that make sure your lawyers have sharpened their pencils and that they're ready to like win a fight. Okay. Uh, so I don't. It doesn't make sense strategically to me. I could be missing something. They could. I don't know. But yeah, I believe it just seems like they're making a lot of noise. Yeah. So, but that said, with all that turmoil going on, the ACC has, I think, uh, 14 teams right now, not including Notre Dame, who are still independent for football. But uh, they could say, hey, Stanford and and Cal would be a good fit for our institutions. And we no longer really care about geography. Yeah. So Atlantic Coast Conference, let's get some West Coast teams. Yeah. Or um, the Big 12 could say we have room for two more because they're at, I think, 16 and the Big 10's at 18. So maybe they take Washington State and Oregon State. They just weren't ready to have them in that last round. Or um, uh, I think that's that's all kind of the options. The, the Big 10 the also big, could. I've heard the Big 10. Is the yeah, big it could 10 take options. Stanford and Cal. They just weren't ready to digest the full meal of those all six West Coast teams. Yeah, because then. The Big Ten has a huge West Coast presence if they get yes both Stanford, Cal, because they added UCLA and USC. Yep. Um, and then it's all this big distasteful thing of like, oh, you're destroying traditions and these things and these regional rivalries and all that stuff because you want to add the San Francisco Bay Area media market. And um, yeah. I don't know what to say. Like, this has been going on since uh, really, you know, you, you trace back, okay, the Longhorn Network, but the Big East Basketball Conference, when they started in, in like 1979, mm-hmm. the it's like documented that they said, okay, we're going to blow up all the regional rivalries in Philly and Boston and New York and just pick one or two teams from each market to create the best TV product. Yes. And that is, it was like all laid out in black and white. They were talking about it very openly. So, this is not a new thing. This is the reality. This is did the school decide to, um, you know, do a trade off of you could play regional rivalries and be a division three school and not travel very much and only play teams that are within a two hour drive. Or you could try to win national championships and compete. And that means getting more money. And that means working with the TV companies that want every major media market in the U.S. covered to maximize their value. Yeah. Um, OK, so. That's kind of the broad. The, those are the moves. Now, can we, let's talk about the wrestling, wrestling, yeah, and how how it's impacted. I mean, starting with the Big Twelve, it seems like just a, a net win for the Big Twelve wrestling conference. Yeah, adding uh, truly a power. You know, Arizona State's won two trophies in the last three years. Um, they just added Missouri as well. And now it seems like Big 12 is in position to be the, the clear number two conference in, in wrestling. Yeah. Um, the the tricky thing with wrestling, and I, I tweeted out that kind of just chart that I did. Um, mm-hmm. of, I laughed so hard at that, by the way. <laughs> when, like a little baby to me. When all the realignment articles are written, like if you look in college, college conference realignment, it's nothing but football mm-hmm. stories. And you track that, which is kind of what we just discussed now that's just scratching the surface when you get to the wrestling side, because the ACC and the big 10 are the only conferences where everybody is in a primary conference and football and wrestling, Wrestling. football, basketball, the revenue sports. Um, So now when you go to the big 12, they've had affiliates affiliates for a long time because they used to be 
really strong when Nebraska was in the Big 12 before they moved to Big 10. Um, uh, Missouri was in there, and then Missouri and Nebraska lost, and they were down to about like four core members, and now they've gone through a couple of revolutions. But I think around uh, – I'd have to look it up, but probably over 10 years ago, they started adding teams so that they could have like a better conference tournament. Um, and then they added a lot of what used to be the Western Wrestling Conference, which is where Wyoming, uh, Colorado, Northern Colorado, uh, NDSU, SDSU, Air Force, um, and I think Utah Valley were all part of that uh, in one fell swoop. So you add those, and now they've added back Missouri to join the SEC. If they keep Oklahoma, that's another big power. Yeah, that's a question. And it's like, well, Missouri did that, but it took Missouri a while. It was like when Missouri left the SEC, they're like, well, you're not going to just, you know, re- yeah, yeah, have fun. You're in the SEC. It was kind of like a, we're not going to pay any favors. And now I feel like, and that's Missouri. Now think how spurned the Big 12 probably feels by Oklahoma, which is like, in, in many ways, it's like the school of them in, in Texas. Yeah. So do you, is there any tea leaves to be read on Oklahoma's future in Big 12 wrestling. I haven't seen anything or, you know, heard any discussions about it. I think they're all, uh, you know, the to get people to focus on, to get any admins or whatever to say anything on the record about wrestling is almost like a futile uh, attempt because they're going to say, well, we're we're kind of focused on football and this media deal. Yeah. Um, but as far as what happens with the Big 12, they have, like you said, probably the second best conference. Now you add Arizona State. They're one of the few teams that have won a NCAA title in the last hundred years Um, and top to bottom, they are extremely strong, but they're also a large conference. And so when you think about how it pertains to the NCAA wrestling, sometimes the bigger conference is not as good for teams. You almost want a small conference and, you know, it's good to have some big time powers, but it's easier to qualify for the tournament when you have less of the really tough uh, uh, teams in there to take the bids that you're trying to get. Um, So I, it's possible that some affiliate members kind of peel off and say, hey, if the Pac-4, 12, whatever the remnants are of that, if Oregon State, um, Stanford, and those affiliates want to keep going in a conference, maybe someone that's in the Pac-12 or the Big 12, that's not super high up there. I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to speculate. And, yeah. um, you know, if everybody's super happy, then nothing's going to change. But some teams could peel off from that and join the smaller conference and have a better chance of qualifying for the NCAAs. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So now for... Pac-12 wrestling, which is uh, it, it can continue to exist because what is the minimum number of teams? It's is it I five. Believe you need five, but for certain things you need six, or I don't know. We need to. I need to consult the rule book. I did not. But they're still at the five threshold. Right? They have five. Yes. Uh, so they're not in danger there. But if Stanford, and, Oregon State leave, then yes, they also have a year to figure all this out, right? More or less. And I think the you know the wrestling conference championships it's almost like i can imagine you get to the point the team's already gone but you legacy them in for one more tournament i mean when you think of the wrestling um uh requirements for a conference yeah or like why you need a conference it's for that qualifying tournament for the ncaa yes. the conference tournament so as long as everybody agrees like all right we'll just have this tournament it almost doesn't matter like it's not it's not something that the... You don't have to have some dual schedule or anything. No. You don't really need any synergy. You just need to agree, hey, first weekend in March, we're going to wrestle. In a yeah. Tournament. And then they ran the you know committee runs the formula with your RPI and all that other stuff. And so I have been trying to talk to as many of the Pac-12 coaches as possible. The, the folks that I have been able to, to talk to, it's almost like um, 
there there's no even though they're right in the middle of this crazy story and everything's swirling around them it's like it, it also doesn't matter to them yeah because it's we're still going to recruit we recruit nationally we schedule nationally um pretty much all of them are going to just go about their business figure out their schedule figure out they just need to make sure that they have a qualifying tournament yeah but something it's almost like you have faith that like all right the wrestling world is going to make sure that all every team has a qualifying tournament yeah that counts yeah and it may not be something the admins are super happy about or the powers that be at the different universities but it's also like they're still going to focus on the revenue sports anyway so yes if you figure it out on their own you'll get a, a okay from your ad okay okay cool all right. Well, this is all uh, interesting. It's a lot to process and digest. Um, JD, what are, are they saying? Anything in the chat? Are they are they still with us? I find this very interesting. Spain, can you shut down uh, all the talk about these teams oh, like yeah. UCLA and USC mm-hmm. adding wrestling programs and organ? It's not happening. It's no. not happening. Yeah, yeah. The the only thing that's going to get schools to add wrestling teams in these in these power in the, in these football schools. So we, what you want are football schools that are on TV and all that to also have wrestling teams. And until the NCAA and all the schools agree that, oh, you should actually sponsor, you know, 10 men's and 10 women's team minimum, uh, they're not going to add programs. They're going to say, we'll sponsor six men's and seven women's or whatever the minimum is mm-hmm. and keep our football team and take any dollar that we can find, scrounge up, shake the couch. Exactly. is going to football. Yeah, exactly. Not even basketball. I mean, a lot of people like to, at basketball. Well, basketball also makes money. It does, but it's a rounding error compared to what football brings in. Yes. So it's either football or nothing. If you ask me, football is a popular sport in America. <laughs> it, it, it certainly is. It's a it's a revenue generator. Okay. All right. So there are more to come. Oh, programming note, Rob Cole will be on the show Wednesday uh, to talk about Stanford, what's going on there, his thoughts on uh, conference realignment and and anything in between. So look forward to chatting with him. I know Spay's got calls lined up as well. Yeah. Um, Arizona State, Zeke Jones is going to do a Zoom call uh, later today. So hopefully ask him what life has been like in Tempe with all that going on. Okay. Spay, I have a question for you as well. Yes. Do you ever envision a world where the NCAA allows schools to just do conferences by sport? Yeah, I, I think... Um, I, I don't think the NCAA really cares all that much. I think uh, too many people are looking for the NCAA to like solve like all the problems of college sports. And that's not really their role, especially after they lost the court case that started NIL. It's like the NCAA is like, here, we're here to administer certain things, run the different championships, D2, D3. Uh, if you guys want to have your conferences set up different ways, I think they're like, go go do it. You have you don't need our permission. It's like, you want to make bunk beds in your room, go do it. You don't have to ask. So obviously exactly like there are media rights through conferences right now. Mm-hmm. What would it take for that to stop, change, and basically sports can do their own thing? Where we can have a, you know, it's up to the conferences and the schools. So everything that everybody wants the NCAA to solve, like it could be solved. The you know, the schools have to agree together. So it's a coordination problem. Like nobody wants to raise the minimum number of sports to sponsor because that's more money. Or you can maybe agree, like the Big Ten might say, we already do sponsor eight, nine, ten average, uh, or nor. So go ahead and raise it. But like the vast majority of the, of the D1 programs and athletic departments aren't going to want that. And the NCAA can't just, isn't going to make a decree that is going to be unpopular with the, with the teams. 
So right now the conferences, they all can do that. They just have, you know, the teams have to agree. They have to say like, Hey, wrestling can do whatever it wants. Um, I don't think that would actually be good though. I don't like admins want a compact conference where they can talk to the other ADs in their conference and they can figure all their sports out in one fell swoop. They don't want more work for them. Yeah. They don't want to create extra meetings with extra uh, whatever. Yeah. So overall, do you think this is pro net positive or loss for wrestling? The last round of realignment with with big 12 expanding. Um, So I would say like a slight net negative and just that now we have to, you know, the wrestling community needs to make sure that these uh, five remaining Pac-12 teams are taken care of and and have a home and have a future and are are strong because uh, the the worst thing would be dropping programs and any excuse to drop a program is bad. Um, As far as, you know, a bigger picture of the sport, it's kind of neutral to good, depending on your perspective. If you're a Big 12 fan, this is cool. You got Arizona State. They got tons of exciting wrestlers. They got tradition, and and they're they're wrestling really well right now. You add them to the mix. That's that's good. More cool duels. That's great for them for the conference tournament for the duels. Yeah. Um, if you're a Pac-12 fan, obviously this is terrible. But is it pro positive because of the tremendous memes we have gotten the past week? It's yeah. it's been meme crazy. Uh, I've seen some college football fans. The are, sunny one was great. Oh, yeah, the whole – everything that's almost like a skit, and then, yeah, yeah. characters with different logos. The Jeff Bridges one was funny with the spreading Donnie's ashes. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah, they get they get pretty savage. Like, college <laughs> sports fans are like a rare breed. They're, they, you know, are are pulling no punches when it comes to uh, to their memes. Okay. There's conference realignment. I'm sure we'll talk more about it in the coming weeks. Yeah, it's, it's not over with the Pac-4. Pack, pack negative, negative. Let's get to some, uh, some questions. Also, one more question. Can we change the name of these conferences? Like, yeah. I, I won't, It's not the Big Ten or the Big 12 anymore. Like, I want to change the name. I want JD, I want you to come up with like JD's idea, like, uh, uh, you know, magic wand. Here's here's how I envision D1. As, as a traditionalist, I, I would, I think, prefer still reg- like region. Yeah. Conferences. Well, you're a D2 man. Sorry to interrupt you there. Yeah, where we do regions. And I'm a D3 man. And wow. I know people are saying well, you're D one. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm not. Not that JD's the only one that actually like lasted a full season. So I, I just mean, yeah, you're, yeah. you're an alumni of of a D one. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> but um, institution humiliating. Yeah, <laughs> but, by, but I've, I've I've at least been humiliated by it all along. I've it's not <laughs> it's not a reason. I'm like. I, when anyone asks where I go, it's like old dominion. <laughs> I've never, I've never had an ounce of pride. There was no pride in it. None. Um, but for for people that like the college, the rivalries and the local stuff and and the history and all that, D two and D three basically have not changed. Like they don't go through these cycles because there's no media contracts. So if you really only care about you know athletes that are in it for the for the love of the game and for all that other stuff, it's right there. Just just go follow them. Yeah, I I think I I do prefer the division two model where conference has nothing to do with NCAA qualification. Um, it's just for a conference championship and your region is how you qualify. Right. Okay. So that, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's good Good to bring up that there is a precedent for that. And D1 could just kind of copy the D2, D3 model. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I think the the big D1 teams of the football programs would rather keep all their stuff together, but it's certainly possible. I mean, I, you'd have a hard time hard press time to have SEC fans not care about an SEC championship. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. So that's, even if even if that doesn't, and that would still mean 
you're in the college football playoff if you win the SEC championship. Yeah. So basically, I mean, right now their qualifying process is not attached to their conference tournament because there is no conference tournament. Correct. They have their conference title game, which would still qualify you for the college football playoff. Yeah. Could. So, so right, that's they the don't big... have. They wouldn't have regions. That's why everybody wants the the big football power five teams to start wrestling teams is because you get all those. That's where you actually get casual fans or people that root already for the football team. And it's like, hey, you know, if the SEC were to start wrestling, it'd be great because, yeah, I think everybody, Alabama and Auburn, would love to hate each other in other sports, too. Right. And you see them watch, you know, they take their softball or volleyball or or uh, baseball extremely seriously. And there would be enough fans that would care about wrestling as well. At the same time, telling AD who has to make a bottom line add this sport that costs X money. Right. And will likely bring in less than X money. The ADs answer to the president. The president answers to the board of regents or trustees, and they're all trying to get as many people to apply to the school and donate money. So, yeah. Okay. Enough conference realignment talk. I've been, I want to talk street leagues. Oh yeah. I saw. So me and uh, I'm moving this, but I'm not getting more in it. Okay. Hold on. There we go. This is a mess. Dang it. That's not what I want. Okay. Come this way. Uh, so, J.D., I knew when I saw J.D. come out with the uh, Dale Earnhardt shirt, it was over. And yeah. Jacob Schultz was a, was a dead man walking. Because <laughs> Tyler Meisinger had that guy in his corner. And, um, yeah, talk about that experience. If you don't know, our guy Tyler Meisinger wrestled in the Stalemates Street League in Cincinnati on Saturday. We had a little get-together at uh, – Kozak's me and the Braves, and uh, we watched. It was great. And, uh, yeah, when, when J.D. walked out, I knew it was big trouble. But I wanted to hear about the experience. At, did you get Tyler ready? Um, oh, yeah. I, when I, I'll say this, and then I'll let you go. The day before, Kyle or Tyler only drilled Super Ducks the entire time. He did 50 Super Ducks, a move, I, I, which it's, it's interesting because it's a move he has never done in his life, and he decided to add it to his arsenal sort of, uh, in preparation for this. So I wasn't confident in his preparation at all and knew he just had to be straight up better than this guy if he was going to win. I'm not going to give too much away because we do have a a video coming out probably late this week, early next week. Um, Tyler's going to put together that we, we shot a lot over the weekend. Um, but yeah, the Super Duck was an uh, integral part of his game plan coming in. If you watched... He did not hit a super duck. He did attempt many two to three, at least solid. A couple more, I think. Yeah, but um, he was spamming it. Yes, uh, no, it was it was a fun event. It, it was a good time there. Uh, some good matches. Tyler did win, so he did win. I was a little nervous a couple different times. Uh, one was um, the Peterson. I thought they were, he was going to get him with that. Um, but I was, I was fortunate. Fortunately, he did not. But I also saw in the background, in a tie dye shirt, Keith Gothard. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you met him. I'm sure he's in the. Yeah, he's uh, in the chat. Keith Gothard before. It's a good time uh, yeah. Keith Gothard. Have I met? I don't know if I met him in person. No, this was Tyler's first time meeting Keith. Okay, yeah, I've never met Keith in person. His son got a pen. I saw that. <laughs> it was. Uh, yeah, I felt good about his Damien in, in that matchup, and he. Uh, he, he was dominant. And I'll tell you what, the Gothards rolled deep to Street League. Oh, really? Yeah. Big crew? Big crew. Big, big loud crew. Uh, the Gothards and the Trobs were loud and proud. Oh, yeah. 
Gas Tank Gary, honestly, one of the it's it's so Gas Tank Gary of him to win that match because um, he was he an underdog. Sure. Gas Tank. <laughs> he did utilize the Gas Tank. No, he, he utilized, the, the headliner, right? Was, uh, yeah. Oh, look at this! Oh, we got a picture. Oh, look, yeah. oh, JD with the Thomas Gilman cutoffs there. Cutoff sweats. Who took this picture? Where's the picture from? That, that's us warming up. Oh my gosh! Look at these street leaguers. <laughs> Thug life. Oh, baby. they're not street leaguers. <laughs> oh my gosh. And and now, did you have some uh, since some skyline chili? We did actually. I think my favorite uh, gas tank Gary member from the weekend is you know we're talking to him. He's like, yeah, you know, get this, get the skyline chili, or whatever. And if you know skyline chili, it's chili sort on spaghetti of. with an egregious amount of shredded cheese mm-hmm. on top. Yeah, and the regular, just an egregious amount of shredded cheese. Like literally, they like take two handfuls, pinch it together, and just toss it on. This chili and spaghetti. They're just tossing cheese. I'm like, I'm talking to Gary afterwards at the after party. I'm like, yeah, you know, we got some Skyline chili. Uh, it was great. And he's like, did you get extra cheese? And I was like, <laughs> it is extra cheese. I was like, you mean like, there's already like a lot of cheese. It's like, no, you have to get extra cheese. I'm like, there's an inch on top of cheese, just yeah. a layer of shredded well, cheese you on top some of chili with your cheese. Yes. Style style. <laughs> so Gary goes all out on the. Uh, He's a cheese man. You know he made a rap about Skyline Chili. What? No, yes. I didn't know that. Is, there, there, is this a rap? Of is this a, a trial rap about Skyline Chili? Is it on a? Is it like a TP and Esco bonus track? Yes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's exactly what it's like. Sky. They're coming back. They are all oh, big time. They're getting some real heat. Listen, if if it has if Flow Wrestling content team has anything to do with TP and Esco is gonna be back in in front and center very soon. Okay, so Gary Traub raps. He's he's a what's he doing now? He is at Oklahoma State. That's right. Assistant. Wait. Yeah. Not state. Yes, he was at Oklahoma. Now he is at Oklahoma State. Yes. Uh, when did this happen? Uh, recently. Did they announce this? That's me going to the town. On oh my gosh! Chili. What an animal! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pretty Look cheesy. at this. So, uh, co- totally coincidentally, we have a guy that works here named Joe Harrington. Uh, we call him SEO Joe. And this dude's bringing Skyline Chili in today, like Kevin he's, from the he's office. He's from Cincinnati. Well, that's what <laughs> that's what Bray is really afraid of is that Joe's going to come, and then he's got he's making a lot, and then we're worried about a big spill. Look, I will say I'm a little nervous. The Skyline Chili did not sit well in my stomach, and I'm about to double up now. You're two a little days later. I feel like you you should be tougher than this. This man ate raw corn. At Fargo, so all bets off. They just came into a, to a Iowa crime scene one one morning in Fargo. There was a uh, a look, t- look. I'll grind one out. I, I will always grind one out. I'm just saying. Sometimes I got to get tough. Okay, Iowa listeners, do you know many people who just ate a raw ear of of corn? Because we tried to do a little bit of investigation, and we can't find a lot of uh, examples. People. We know this, <laughs> but what we're trying to do here is attribute what, what, to what do we attribute this behavior? Is it just because Iowa is the corn state? It could it be that, or is there something else? And we need to at least cross Iowa off the list. If we find out, Hey, we have a bunch of Iowa listeners and they say, no, I've had a, I have a couple raw years now. And then I've been known to, you know, have a little bit of a deep dive and just go crazy with, yeah. with the raw corn. Was it something you picked up in Nebraska? That's corn country. Well. That's true. Corn is just in my blood. It is in your blood. <laughs> I run on ethanol. His baby. blood type is ethanol. So, 
I write all my R's backwards. It's just, it's what I do. Oh, man. That's the band corn <laughs> reference there. Uh, I secretly listened to them in eighth and ninth grade. Secretly? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll very openly listen to them when I go see them in concert in October. Wow. <laughs> Is that Ozfest? Uh, it's like Ozfest. It's like oh, Oz. Aftershock. Wow. Sounds like an energy drink that JD would drink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a little aftershock and an ear of corn. Raw. <laughs> that, that's more what I'm I'm expecting. That's JD's lunch. Yeah. Um, Keith says, come on, CP, you don't know corn fed? Yeah, they, they boil it or it, microwave. What's your favorite way to cook it? Fun. Uh, well, probably on the grill, but um, I prefer not to cook it. Uh <laughs> There was a guy who I went to high school with who got corn-fed tattooed across his oh, knuckles. Ooh, ooh. Did he do like corn and then F-E-D? Space, yeah, F-E-D. Oh, space F-E-D. C-O-R-N space F-E-D. I don't like that. Across his knuckles. I would have gotten exclamation point. I'm still, <laughs> Every knuckle's getting something. Yeah. Also K-O backwards R-N. Yeah, of course. Yeah, he just eats CDs. <laughs> um, He's been in and out of prison. Okay, yeah. Good good guy, though. Good guy. Hopefully more out than in, but yeah. know, his own path, his journey. Yeah, who's to say? All right, hard to pivot from prison, corn prison. Um, and we'll, we'll try to, Iowa listeners, and Iowa listeners only, let us know. Have you ever had a raw ear of corn? There's actually a great uh, Kid Rock lyric. I'm not going to sing it uh, in SFW here on the show, but for, for those Kid Rock listeners out there, they'll know the one I'm talking about. Okay. That's another. We're just getting uh, all the early two thousands musical references. We're getting them all. Yeah. Although Kid Rock is eternal. Let's get to some questions. Uh, okay. I don't know what MPSF Sports is. Do you? Mountain Pacific Sports Federation. So the MPSF is an athletic conference that has a bunch of Olympic sports for teams. Um, I believe like water polo, indoor yeah. track. Um. Uh, men's volleyball uh, and I forget that's an fencing Olympic. fencing the is that an Olympic sport what men's volleyball maybe I don't know oh yeah 100%. yeah men's volleyball um and indoor golly and I forget one or two other sports I think they have just a women's uh sport too um and they have teams mostly on the obviously west coast but I think now they actually have a couple Pennsylvania teams that joined but I know Jason Bryan was talking in the chat today, he wants uh, some of those teams to join, uh, so like Stanford wrestling and Oregon State wrestling to like for like wrestling to start a Mountain Pacific uh, conference. Gotcha. Along with like follow the model of other Olympic sports because they do have some some Division One teams in there. Like Arizona State, I think has teams in there. Stanford probably with like their fencing yeah. team and stuff like that. I guess the advantage there is that the admin, the back of the house stuff is already created and you're just adding a sport. Right. Versus if the Pac-12 kind of dissolves or you have to start a whole new conference from scratch, it may create more obstacles and give admins uh, another excuse to say, do we really need wrestling? Mm. Which would be very bad. So uh, that may be an avenue for those teams to uh, continue having a wrestling conference. Could put Cal Baptist in a tricky situation. I'm sure the Mount Pacific would want them as well as another California team. Yeah. People want to know if, if JD's going to do a street league match. The answer is no. The answer is no? I mean, everybody has a dollar limit, but I'm retired. Wow. 
I will train people. He's a coach now. Uh, and I will coach, yes, but so you consider training someone and coaching someone to be different. That's just that's just how good of a coach he is. He's like they're not the same thing. And if you don't know the difference, you're probably not cut out for either. Uh, and then someone at CP Talk wants to know if we can see a Tyler versus JD match. Tyler's a little bit bigger. He's he's a little bit bigger, but I can handle him. Wow. Okay. I think I, now you now you need another. Now, now you <laughs> you can't hey, say Ty, that. Tyler said this. That was his last last go to. He got he got the competitive itch out of him. That's it. He should have left his shoes out on the mat. Oh, I would have. Been, oh. I would have roasted him. <laughs> I would have never stopped roasting him if he had missed the opportunity. Yeah. Wow, that would have been bad. <laughs> I'm so glad he didn't do that. He's not corny. Okay, Benadurum Klein. I think I'm going to go to Spay with this one. How do how do you ask a girl out on a second date? Oh, well, I'm glad you picked the right uh, person for that one. And uh, I would uh, try to try to do it in person and have like a plan, have an event already planned. So it's like, oh, I'm already doing this. And then, you know, movie, some a movie on the green or something in community based mm-hmm. so that they feel a little more comfortable. Um, uh, hanging out. Second date is normally when you start like meeting the parents and like you go right to the parents. After yeah, and you too. start asking. Yeah, you start. Oh, the other way I would sure. ask is I would say, um, "Would you be my wife?" <laughs> <laughs> it's a great second date question. I would say it in the uh, Borat voice, though. Wow. Yeah. Be, they, that's, how I, that's, how, that's how I propose. Yeah. Chicks just love Borat voice. Um, okay, JD, how would you handle this? Well, step one is getting the first date. Wow. See, you're, so you're saying that Bennett Durham Klein is putting the cart before the horse. Well, yeah. You but have a successful. I, I think Bennett. It doesn't matter how you ask if unsuccessful first date, you're not getting a second date. Let's give Bennett Durham Klein the benefit of the doubt and say he had a successful first date. Okay. Then you need, uh, I would say, years of training so you look good and you're develop your career so you are so financially very successful. To go on a second date, you need to be financially well, yeah. set. Just casually leave an ATM receipt out with, yes. with your bank account there and be like, hmm, what should we do ooh, this weekend? Ooh, ooh, oh, is I that my that. receipt? Yeah. Is that my bank receipt? Open wow. Make sure you have a bunch of hundreds in your wallet and open it very wide when paying for the bill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Or, or pull up in your convertible playing Kid Rock, extremely loud. Yeah. And say, in, in a mink coat. <laughs> yeah. Look, I'm saying you want to increase your odds of a second date. All these matter much more than how you ask. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm eyeballing JD's wallet right now. He looks second date ready. Oh yeah, I can't tell what that is, but it looks like a lot of cash. He also has dog poop bags. Also, (laughs) which which, Murphy is not here today. You just hold on. This dude is just walking around with with the. You see that wallet and the poop bags? Who are those for? If not for Murphy? Uh, they are for Murphy, but they were in the shorts pocket, and then I put them on, and was like, "Yeah, I left these in here." You never know when you need poop bag. I keep that thing on me. Yeah, evidently. Okay. All right. Well, that's, that's dating advice. Um, look, just watch Kid Rock's Woodstock '99 performance and dress like that, and you're good to go. Yeah. yeah. Nothing went wrong there. Who wants to uh, join me for a year of raw corn and maybe an aftershock energy drink? Yeah. yeah. Aftershock energy drink. Okay. Good stuff there. Uh, okay. Let me look. Is there anything else we want to do? Kyle Bracky dunked on the Arizona State AD. That was no, awesome. No, the Arizona State AD dunked on Bracky. No. No, he dunked. <laughs> he, that's a Brad McMurphy or uh, Ray Anderson is dunking on himself if he won't go to Morgantown. Like, I've never been to Morgantown. It's great. 
I assume it was it. I'm sure. You would, I would love it. it. I'm sure oh. I would. Nothing more I love than burning couches. I can't imagine all the raw foods you would eat there. <laughs> but I'm just saying it's an objectively hilarious statement for a college AD who just joined the Big 12 to say, I am not going to this school. Coming out of the gate swinging. Hilarious. It, it seemed very unnecessary. The only Good. upshot I can see is that, like, all right, now you've already generated heat between two teams. That, there. Exactly. Otherwise, there wouldn't be... Uh, like any kind of talking trash. So now you have people interested in seeing how West Virginia defends their honor or Arizona State gets the last lap, perhaps. If you don't know, the Arizona State AD came out and is quoted as saying, I promise I'm not going to Morgantown. I'm going to (laughs) sign that to Deputy AD Gene Boyd. He can go to Morgantown. But send me to Texas and the rivalry with Arizona State. So he's just saying he personally won't. Yes. What a coward. No, that's hilarious. This dude's a coward. great talking trash. Now we need to find out who's the better party school, West Virginia or Arizona State. Morgantown is so much better than – I'm not going to get into all these different Big 12 schools. There are some terrible towns that these these schools are in. Morgantown's great. I want to fight this guy. That, that, I'm not even like a West Virginia. Yeah, it's working. It's working. Saying, like, I, I would never make such a statement. I find it distasteful and odd that you would you know announce your presence in a new conference with such a rude statement. But now look, now you're mad. Now you want to be Arizona State just by proxy. Yeah, yeah. So I hope they kill him. This is that heat that the, the yeah, AD's doing his job. I, and I hope they do. I, I don't know if the first game will be in Morgantown or Tempe, but I hope their first game in Morgantown they do like a camo out or a hick out or something. Or yeah, so everybody lean into it. Stereotype they couches lining the oh the yeah bus to go in and they're lighting them on fire and yes, like, really that's oh. an intimidating environment. There's not a sofa seat that's safe. <laughs> <laughs> Burning them all. Heck yeah, that's what I want to see. I want those. Oh, don't get me started. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna let and it. And then go. they just play country roads on repeat for them. Oh, oh yeah, yes. psychological warfare thing where they got the yep. speakers in the middle of town and it's doing nothing but blasting that. Ooh. Yeah. I love it all. Okay. JD wrote in there, can we talk about the baseball fight? Yeah. So if you haven't seen this fight, Jose Ramirez and Tim Anderson, who are both fantastic players, um, White Sox and Indians respectively. Uh, Jose Ramirez straight KO'd this dude. It's and I'll say this in the histories of baseball, in the history of baseball fights, I've never seen anyone get dropped like that. No. The the closest I'm clean. The closest is the Nolan Ryan Noogie head punch of robin ventura yeah but even you never see they always miss they always they never he just drops and i know you've all seen it you can't have fallen away too yeah yeah the the guys are already out there trying to break it up and he just like the last gasp roundhouse gets him right on the chin it's rare enough because normally the fights happen it's just like Pitcher to batter, they're running at each other, and it's then a bunch of chest. Everyone is already there's right. like a tackle. They always end up on the ground. Tim drops his glove, throws up his dukes. It was like a hockey fight it where was. they dropped their gloves. It's like let's go. The umpire, it was, was like, and then the umpire was like, he he sees them drop their gloves, and he's like, I'm out. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's and I think that's what they're supposed to do. Like they initially kind of like, all right, break it up, and then once it gets to that next level, it's like, all right, they're fighting. No, I have the union job. I don't need this. <laughs> yeah. So then they literally drop and they're squared up in front of each other, and they kind of get broken up. And then Ramirez just drops one right hand, and yeah. boom, Anderson dropped, and he was not—he wasn't just he knocking off. off; he was wobbly, totally wobbled. I mean, he got hit on the button. I've never seen it. Uh, it was. As far as like sports fights go, is it's it's up there for one of the elite of the elite yeah. because you never see that kind of connection. 
And you got to feel for Anderson because, like, hey, this is going to get replayed a million forever times for, for the rest of the time. It, it was more great meme content. <laughs> oh, did, yeah. uh, the like UFC broadcast. Uh, pretty, yeah. yeah, this is like where Twitter, where it's like, what's Twitter doing? Are they X? What is Elon? Well, yeah, Twitter still about to, you can't just rebrand Twitter to Watch. X. Yeah, he did. You can, but no one's. It's not going to stick. But anyway, this was like this is where Twitter still dominates. Where something crazy happens, and then you need it's to catch perfect. up on the memes. Yep, it's perfect for that. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it was good sports fight. It's it's up there. It's it's truly sports history. Yeah, and then and then Anderson was trying to like kind of like tweet through it almost like. Like somebody, like he, he's going through it right Did now. Did he? He's down bad. No, I thought people were just finding a bunch of his old tweets. Yeah, I'm doing that too. Yeah. He's like deleting some and then he's like making new tweets where it's like, y'all are funny. Like, oh, you think you're tough, something like that. And it's like, no, no, no. Like, you got to either own it or silence. just like radio silence. Yeah. If you, you need to either be making fun of yourself or just don't say anything, but it's not. It was not a good scene. And that's why I'm like, man, that, that's on top of like this living in, in infamy forever. Yeah. Well, that's uh, he wanted it though. I will Someone say this: clip of him the week, like a week earlier, kind of doing something like sliding in tough into into second. Well, it was Ramirez that slid so, in, yeah. But I mean, Anderson oh, slid in like, like a week he shouldn't have taken exception to that. Whatever. It was like Ramirez was already mad at Anderson because the way he slid yeah. in the second. So now when Ramirez slid in, he's like, see, you know, immediately started because of that. But it, nothing. There was if you watch the slide, he slid right between under his legs. So they came up and were still kind yeah. of pushing and touching. They just wanted to. They just wanted to fight. I think. But yeah, boys will be boys. They will. <laughs> That's this is a classic. Boys will be boys. Okay, we're gonna go nine twenty eight deep in the heart of Texas. We will be back Wednesday. Wednesday this week. Yep. Uh, maybe here. Maybe not though. We don't know. Uh, you might I, have to grind out another episode with yeah, us, but we're gonna st- we're gonna do it regardless. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you to Spay, our realignment correspondent. Thanks for having me. It was senior fun. correspondent. You pushed for that for years to get that senior distinction. Finally, you get that yeah extra level of recognition. Yes, it just took a bunch of schools realigning for it to happen. Yeah, <laughs> he said this day is coming, and we were ready for it. So thank you guys so much. We'll be back Wednesday. A lot of content coming out. Some who's number one announcements. Hopefully coming soon. And yeah, thanks so much. See you next time. Goodbye.